Jawbone accuses Fitbit of poaching, more magic bands are coming, and just what is your tracker tracking? Good morning. This is the Wearable Tech Insider podcast for the week ending May 29th, 2015. I'm Dan Rosenbaum. This week, Jawbone is suing Fitbit for recruiting its employees and targeting confidential information. Disney's COO says magic bands could come to other parts of the Magic Kingdom. And researchers say that Fitbands are ratting you out. First, the Jawbone Fitbit thing. The research house Canalis says that Fitbit far and away dominates the smart band market. But competitor Jawbone filed suit in California this week, claiming that Fitbit's been trying to hire its employees away. Plundering is the word they used, contacting fully a third of them in the first quarter of the year. What's more, Jawbone says that some of the people that Fitbit did lure away brought with them some confidential marketing data. Jawbone's looking for money, and also it's looking for promises that Fitbit won't use what it learned from the new hires. Jawbone's looking for money, and for promises that Fitbit won't use what it learned from the new hires. Fitbit, you'll recall, is in the middle of going public, and Jawbone has hit some headwinds with its delayed and badly received Up3 tracker. Now Disney. Disney's new chief operating officer, Tom Staggs, spent several years running the theme park business. Staggs gave an interview this week in which he said that the magic bands, the wristbands the company uses as ID, tickets, room keys, and payment systems at Disney World, will probably expand beyond Disney World. The billion-dollar magic band project has been controversial inside Disney. Park designers aren't sure how to integrate it into the utopias they try to build. But Stagg says the people who use it really love it. He doesn't know exactly where they'll show up, but Disney runs theme parks all over the world, as well as a fleet of cruise ships. About those smart bands. A team of researchers from Context Information Security put up a post this week, reminding people that smart bands that use Bluetooth Low Energy, which is pretty much all of them, can act as location beacons, which means they're broadcasting where you are inside a limited radius all the time. Now, whether that horrifies you or makes you think it's a market opportunity depends on what business you're in. A couple of weeks ago, we talked to Dave Matthews at New Air, that's spelled with an A-E-R, and he makes a good point. How cool would it be to be able to walk into a party and have your wearable associate your LinkedIn or Facebook contacts with the other beacons in the room? You'd know who you want to know in the room, and who you'd want to talk to, who you want to avoid, and where exactly they're standing. The newest version of Bluetooth puts some encryption on the IDs, but you'll want to remember, when you strap on a lot of this gear, you're not as anonymous as you might want to be. On the health beat, here's Alfred Poor from HealthTechInsider.com. Alfred? Thanks, Dan. There are a couple stories we've been covering this week. One is particularly exciting. Researchers at Caltech and University of Southern California have been working with a paralyzed patient with embedded sensors in his brain to help him control a robotic arm. Now, in the past, researchers have put the sensors in the portion of the brain responsible for motor control. The problem here is that the patient would have to think about each individual motion that makes up the movement that they intend, and the result can be a jerky and erratic kind of motion. Instead, they've now tried embedding the sensors in the portion of the brain responsible for intention, or in other words, the planning to perform a certain motion. And they found that all the patient has to do is think about shaking hands, and 
he can control the robotic arm and the motion is smooth and normal. So uh, this is a very exciting development. Another story we covered this week comes from UNICEF. Now, reading about $300 smartwatches and other fancy wearable devices is a lot of fun, but the fact is these devices are just way out of reach for the average person in underdeveloped countries around the world. So UNICEF has launched the Wearables for Good Challenge, and they're trying to encourage people to come up with designs for innovative and affordable wearable devices, specifically targeted to help with the lives of women and children in poorer parts of the world. It's open to students, engineers, designers, anybody. It's co-sponsored by ARM, which is the company that makes many of the energy-efficient microprocessors used in many wearable devices, and Frog, which is the product and strategy design firm. The main requirements for the designs is that they have to be cost-effective and rugged, they have to be low-power, and they also have to be easy to produce and maintain in large quantities. There will be two winners, and they will receive $15,000 awards along with an incubation package. You can enter online. Deadline for entries is August 4th. You can find out more information about this on our website for healthtechinsider.com. This is Alfred Poor. Thanks, Alfred. Hey, this podcast is a month old already, and we could use some feedback. What do you like or not? Is it too short, too long? Are there stories you'd like to hear or something you're getting too much of? You know, interviews, maybe, or, or crosstalk between the hosts. Let me know. Drop an email to dan at centerringmedia.com. That's dan at centerringmedia.com. And let me know. For good comments, I'll send along a Centering Media USB slap band as a token of our thanks. You may remember drum pants, subject to one of the most traffic stories ever on the website. They were a Kickstarter project last year, a wearable pressure pads that triggered MIDI drum sounds so you could essentially wear a drum set on your body. Well, they managed to ship at the end of last year, and now they're back for round two. Now, this time, the goods have a more finished look to them, nicer graphics on the pad, you know, better manufacturing on the circuitry, which is now smaller. Uh, the same cool idea, though, drumming on your body. You can see more details either at drumpants.com or on the Wearable Tech Insider website. Flextronics is the Chinese company that builds most of the gadgets in your life, including your iPhone. One of its execs spoke at the Wearable World Congress last week and told entrepreneurs that they need to be more realistic about their designs. Now, Jeanine Sargent reminded people that building hardware is hard, and keeping designs simple is ultimately better for customers and for over-enthusiastic builders whose ambitions often outrun their ability to deliver. And that's all for this week. The Wearable Tech Insider Podcast is a production of Centering Media, Brooklyn, New York. Alfred Poor is on the health beat, the music's by Michael Roth, and production is by me, Dan Rosenbaum. Check out our daily updates at wearabletechinsider.com and healthtechinsider.com, and by all means, subscribe to our weekly email newsletters there and to this podcast on iTunes. For Wearable Tech Insider, I'm Dan Rosenbaum. Thanks for listening. See you next time.